Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. And we're here with a very special guest. We are. You know, we don't often have special guests. Not Jared. always. And, so. you know, honestly, every week you make me feel like well, a special guest. You, so thanks well, that, for that. That's yeah, very you're kind welcome. Of you. That's, that's a, a post-Valentine's Day sentiment you're that sharing That is. Here. Actually, I forgot to text you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, thank you. I my did. wife, of course, is my number one Valentine. Yeah. But, you know, I'm number two? You're, well, you're, you're up there. Um, would you guys like There's me to couple. leave? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hey, we haven't introduced you yet. Yeah, we haven't even introduced you. Uh, Are you allowed to talk yet? Yeah, no? not yet. All right, well, here is our, our special our guest. Our mystery guest. Our, yeah, is Ian McConnell. You can say hi. Hello. Hey, hey what's Ian. up, man? I feel so special right now. Dude, it's so you. cool to have you here. And, it is. And I might say, I mean, you know, we talked about it before we started recording, but the beard, dude. Uh, you know... Craig knows this about me. I admire beards. Yeah, he does. And so you walked in the room and I instantly found a new friend. So thank you for being here and thank you for uh, looking the way you look. I love being bearded. And if it's a blessing <laughs> to you, it's a bonus. Mm. <laughs> yes, is. that's right. It is. Oh, man. <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, so how's it been so far being in town and everything? You flew in yesterday. Well, this we're recording on Saturday, so we're normally recording later uh, in the next week. But... Today, we're doing special Saturday morning, so you yes, flew in Friday, right? I flew in Friday with my wife, Rachel, and we got to spend some good time with yeah. the leadership team couples here. Oh, that's awesome. At Grace. And Very cool. It was wonderful. I love the I love the nation of Texas. It's <laughs> there a, you it's go. A, it's you just won some friends, man. You'll make great, some friends quickly. It's yes. a great place. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big guy, so I like being in places where they think they're they're bigger than everybody else. Uh, so yeah, there, that's you good. Go. It's, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Ian, thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, Ian, obviously, uh, we're, we'll be um, at our family meeting tonight. I'm going to kind of interview him. He's going to participate in Q and A, and then we'll preach on tomorrow on Sunday. Yeah, so by the time this comes out, that'll all be uh, history, and, and the revival will have begun. In <laughs> uh, but so this is just predictive of, yes. that, of that. Yeah, this is a prophetic dude. You're such setting. a forward thinking. Yeah, I am. You're a faithful man. I got big expectations. Big expectations. Oh, great! And no, and a faithful God. And a faithful So it is great to have you in um, for the weekend. And uh, Ian, when did we first meet? This is live and unrehearsed, but we've, I I mean, we've worked together, which we can talk about here in a second, but I don't remember when we first met. Yeah, I think we met, you were speaking at a a men's conference Mm. for... On um, the Northeast oh, yeah, yeah. region back in 2006 in Hers- oh. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, I remember that. 2006 yeah, yeah. in okay. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. We met, yeah. we met back then. So, uh, and we were, uh, Ian and I served together in uh, Sovereign Grace Churches for a lot of years. So we served together on the leadership team there. And that's how we really had a working, you and I had a working relationship where we were together in all kinds of contexts. Yeah, uh, we were kind closely. of like, as I was kind of thinking about the way that we worked together for all those years, is that we were kind of like, two sides of the same coin there in the way go. that we served, right? So yeah, I, yeah. I was the mission yeah, yeah. and church advancement side of things, yeah. and you were the church development and yeah. care side yeah, of things. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we were kind of yeah, like heads that, and tails. We were, yeah. But we I was were. the head because... You, you were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you calling were. Craig's dad? Yeah, that's Craig true. Tales. Yeah, man. Goodness. Wow. Welcome to the podcast. Well, he shaved his beard. <laughs> I did shave my beard. That is true. That is, that I mean, he would have been a more glorious head if he would have kept the beard. I can't disagree with you, and I've been trying to tell him he won't listen to anyone. No, no, yeah. It's, it's, it just it, won't bring it back. I'm actually planning on bringing it up at the family meeting. Today. Oh, you great. I'm, a, I'm actually, discipline. I'm not really here to talk about the things that, <laughs> that Craig thinks I'm here to talk about. I'm here to actually run an it intervention. Is, it's secretly an, an intervention. intervention. Bring oh, back the beard. Back the beard. Oh. Repent, brother. Yeah, repent. That is so great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the beard, I, the, the beard does wonders. It covers up a whole lot of ugly on me. So the beard is wonderful. But uh, anyway, so we served together for a number of uh, years. And really, we're having you in this weekend for a couple of primary reasons. I want the church to get to know you personally, which is one of the reasons we're on here. And we're about to transition to some personal questions. Um, and then we want the church to hear from you and receive from your teaching gift on Sunday as well. Uh, and it, you you have always inspired me with regard to mission and evangelism, oh, church planting. Very gracious. So I, I can't wait for the church to hear from you as mm. you open up um, uh, the text of John 4 with us uh, tomorrow. But uh, anyway, we're and then also we'll talk a little bit here in a moment about um, Trinity Fellowship Churches, which you're a part of, and and um, 
we had Jeff Betcher on a few weeks ago. It's an yeah. organization we're kicking the tires on and learning about. And, yeah. uh, and so we want to ask you some questions about that as well. But let's start with just tell us a little bit about your background, Ian, your family, uh, your, your church. Just give us a little give us a thumbnail of who you are. Yeah. I mean, y- you know me. Right. I, I can like take a long time to do this or I can kind of give like the skinny. <laughs> do you want the, the, ele- the elevator version? Let's, yeah. yeah <laughs> the ele- give us your elevator pitch about your life. <laughs> no, I was born and raised. Um, in inner city Philadelphia, a right. very large, rough around the edges Irish Catholic family. Yeah, um, the McConnells. And, yes, the McConnells. I'm Ian McConnell. And yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, my mom. I mean, she had six boys in the space of nine years. Wow. You can still pray for her. She's dealing with the aftershock. <laughs> <of that>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there would be times where um, we lived in like in a. In a just a classic Philly neighborhood yeah. with a bunch of row homes. And so mm. our house was connected to 40 other houses across the street from 40 other houses oh, that wow. were connected. Wow. And my mom had this gift of coming out on the front stoop. And when she wanted to call us home for dinner, she she had this way of saying <laughs> all of our names together without taking a breath. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was like Ian, Ryan, Justin, Keith, Derek, and Scott. Yeah. Get over here. You know, I was like. When we needed that kind of a, That's great. a call. As That's a, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, born and raised in a pretty pretty large family in Philly. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of a, honestly, a kind of a rough part of, part of town. Uh-huh. Um, and God in his mercy, um, I was hanging out with a group of friends on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. when I was uh, about 13 years old, across the street from an old um, Reformed Baptist church that uh-huh. I didn't know much about. I just knew the building was there. But we were struck by the fact that there were lights on in that building on a Wednesday night. Now, wow. we were a bunch of Catholic kids. Yeah, I was sure. like, you know, So <laughs> I know the lights go on on Sundays, yeah, but yeah. every other day it was like this dark, scary yeah. place. Well, here's <laughs> a church with a light on on Wednesday night. Yeah, sure. And so me being the kind of instigator of the crew, you know, I was, I was curious what was going on in there. Yeah. So went over to the church, went to go in. I was just going to walk in and see what was going on. And the door was locked, mm. but I didn't let that stop me. I kept yeah. ringing the bell There you go. <laughs> until finally uh, a gentleman came out and graciously confronted me. Um, and then all my friends came across the street and we we're kind of huddled around this man. And he began to let us know that they were having a prayer meeting there oh. on that Wednesday night. And uh, he began to tell us why we needed to care about prayer and that there was only one way to be able wow. to talk to the father. Mm. And that was through the son. He gave us the gospel. Wow. And I'd like to say that that was like, I dropped to my knees in repentance sure, sure. and put my hope in Christ. But that just kind of began my, my, that was my first interaction with that church. And in mm-hmm. God's providence, about a week later, I actually met the, the youth pastor at a mm-hmm. corner store in the neighborhood. He was playing a stand-up arcade game and he's probably about 35 and I'm yeah. standing there watching. I'm like, Hey, you're pretty good for an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, see, see moms and dads, Adults playing video games, yes. it's okay sometimes. Led to your, led to your conversion. <laughs> yeah. And so he invited us out to the youth group, and I thought, hey, this guy's pretty cool. So yeah. a couple of my friends and I, we showed up on a Friday night, um, and that began just a series of Friday night after Friday night, getting off the streets, mm. being in the basement of that church. Mm. Um, I, I believe that the way I would say it now, I wouldn't have thought of it this clearly then, is that I believe I was was introduced to God's love for me first mm-hmm. by the love that these people had for us kids off the streets. Mm, wow. um, and we just heard the gospel every night. That youth pastor would get up and he would just pour his heart out. Mm. Kind of, I, I, He was kind of like an urban George Whitfield kind of guy. Wow. Like He would just <laughs> passionately plead with us yeah. to turn to Christ. And so after mm-hmm. about hearing the gospel for about a year and receiving the love of the church for yeah, about yeah. a year, um, it, was, you know, it was about a year later that God opened my heart and yeah. I turned from my sins and trusted in wow. Christ. So cool. you were 16 or something? Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually 15, so right before 15. my 15th birthday. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that just, that's my conversion. I was the first person in my family that I know of to come to Christ. Wow. And I mean, I, I'm sure you're going to transition here, but what, that, what started to happen there, even at a young age, uh-huh. is that I just began to have just an insatiable desire for more and more people in my family and my city yeah. to experience the, the freedom of forgiveness mm-hmm. and salvation that's found in Christ. Yeah. And so I would even say um, that kind of the seeds of my mm-hmm. burden to do kingdom work in my city began mm-hmm. shortly after my conversion by just wanting other people mm-hmm. to get saved. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's cool. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so that at some point you did come to the place where you felt like the Lord's direction for you um, was 
uh, church planting, pastoral ministry. Yeah. So you went on to college and studied, went to seminary. Yes, um, yes. That, that was a really good fast forward. Yeah, yeah. Like, Let's get him out of high school. <laughs> if we don't get him out of high school, we're going to be here forever. This guy's got too many stories. I just feel like if we're, if we're going to go 30 minutes on the birth of each of your children, and then we go, and so then I went and I bought a Honda van. No, conversion's a place to rest. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I just want, I think that kind of gives a picture of yeah, who I absolutely. am, where I came from. No, that's and, very yeah. key. Met my wife, Rachel, my senior year of college. I was actually studying um, theology and communication in a Christian liberal arts college. Right. Um, we met my senior year. Um, that's a whole other story yeah. that I, I won't get into. But <laughs> so Rachel, Rachel you and I can talk married. to me about it. That's yeah. right. We'll talk no, later. We, 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 Dude, thank wanna, you for caring. Thank you for really meaning <laughs> I that I was hear. a special guest. I want you to feel heard. And yeah. listen to Craig him. said I was a special guest, yeah, yeah. but, but not special enough to tell people uh, about my life. Doesn't he come and, across as cold sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. This is brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this All is I so did good. was just very graciously <laughs> say, and so let's let you off the hook on that. Let's fast forward 20 years of your life. Nothing <laughs> in those years mattered. It's kind of, okay, so you believe uh, in Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> we got it. Let's move oh, on. No, seriously. So funny. Um, Yeah, so... My wife and I, Rachel, have been married for almost 20 years. Mm. Um, have three children, um, Pace and Andrew, Piper Julie, and Silas Owen. Mm. Um, 17, 15, 13. Mm. Um, and they, they are a great joy. And That's great. Our passion for making disciples um, really finds its, its, its greatest expression in being able to walk them, yeah. help them walk the ropes of following Jesus. They all give clear professions of faith mm. and have That's been baptized. Cool. And we're Wonderful. just... We're just thrilled to be there, to be their parents. Um, But so shortly after seminary, um, I was a, I was a member and an intern at a very um, large Reformed Baptist church down in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh And after seminary, they wanted me to come and be on staff there at the church. Uh And it would have been just a phenomenal fit. Hmm. Loved the pastors, Mm -hmm. was mentored so well. Um, They were so for me and so patient with me because I was Mm. in some ways a, I was a cultural fish out of water sure. being a Philly guy oh, yeah. in, in, the, in South Carolina, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I really felt like this would be a great place for my wife and I to start. They, they ordained me, and um, I just could not get away, though, mm. get away from the fact that in God's providence, he had rescued me from a very difficult place mm-hmm. um, that was in desperate need of more gospel light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrestled with this. I mean, everything in me wanted to stay put. It was just such a, and comfort isn't always bad. It would have been a very right. comfortable, sure. great way to start off the years of ministry. Um, but Rachel and I together, we could not get over the fact that, that God was making it clear through the desires of our heart um, that we needed to go back to Philly. Hmm. And so finished up seminary in 2003 and went back to Philadelphia with a long-term vision to start planning churches um, but it began with working with urban youth in the church that I was converted in oh, wow. for, a couple, yeah. for, for three years, built a really strong youth team. We were reaching hundreds of urban youth. Mm. Wow. It was, uh, and we just saw God just do some pretty amazing things. Um, but through that, we were able to develop a lot, a, a really strong youth team that ended up becoming the nucleus for our first church plant in mm, 2005. Really? And so now we've been planting churches in Philadelphia for 17 years. Yeah. We've helped plant five churches directly, two churches indirectly. Oh, and that's just cool, man. Seeing more and more Philadelphians come under the influence of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Um, see lives transformed, neighborhood churches established has just been an absolute joy and thrill. Yeah. So when you started the 2006 church, that was from folks who were, came out of the youth ministry. Yeah, so 2000, it was 2005. Oh, and it's, it's okay. Um, 2005, and it was a mixture. It was a really unique situation that would that would be worthy of a whole other conversation. Sure, sure. But the, 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 the Cliff Notes version it would be something like this, is that we had a group of about 15 of us, young adults, all uh-huh. under the age of 30. Uh-huh. Um, I I don't always recommend this, and I, I sure. always don't like tell this part of the story because <laughs> yeah, sure. I've been training church planters for a while yeah, now. Sure. I was 28 when I yeah, planted sure. a church. Sure. Okay, that probably wasn't sure. the best thing. In any event, um, we were very young, yeah. but, so we're in conversations with this um, with this church in the greater northeast of Philadelphia that had 12 senior citizens, mm. and someone had someone had cued me into the fact that they may be willing to let us use their building 
for the church plant. Mm. And so I end up in conversations with these with these faithful senior saints about using their building. And that conversation took a really unexpected turn where they basically said, can we be a part of it? Wow. And so it ended up, we didn't have the language for it back then, but we ended up replanting the church. So here we go. We we started off as this multicultural, multi-generational church plant in Northeast Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, So it was beautiful. Um, I still remember three months into that first church plant, um, we had our first uh, baptism of someone who was converted in the Mm. neighborhood. And this old 80-year-old man, man. this this old gentleman who'd been in the church for a long time, saw it kind of have its glory days, Uh saw it, like he he was going to be the guy who shut the lights off for the last time. They thought they were done. He comes up to me. His name is George Cervo. He's with the Lord now. Got to do his, uh, Mm. got to help with his funeral and celebrate his his homegoing. But he came up to me and he goes, I thought we were done. Wow. But Jesus really is alive, isn't he? Wow. You know, it's like that kind of, just to watch this man kind of in the twilight of his, of his years, see God bring something back to life. That was a very exciting time. And so that kind of became that, that church in God's providence kind of became the kind of a hub for um, not only reaching that particular neighborhood and community, but attracting other leaders, developing seminarians. And out of that church, we've planted multiple churches. Yeah, yeah. And it was three years ago that I was sent from the church that I originally planted to continue the church planting efforts of another one of our churches Mm -hmm. down in a section of West Philadelphia called University City. Mm -hmm. So I went from a blue collar, a blue collar, middle class section of neighborhoods to like an urban professional, urban academic, University of Penn, Drexel, University mm-hmm. of Sciences. A, a lot of people think they have it all together and don't yeah. need anything except yeah, for yeah. maybe a, a raise next pay cycle, <laughs> right? So that's where we are now. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a big years. difference as you described. So you were at the other church for the one you planted? Almost 13 years. 13 years, okay. Um, and that's when I, yeah, that I remember meeting when you were planting that church. That's, that would have been, I do remember talking about that and hearing as you were just beginning. And then over the years, tracking with that one. And then you moved three three years ago. So how is, how would you describe it? Maybe it's two different experiences, but, you know, our we're here in the suburbs. Um, and our listenership is largely this church. So um, it, we're in a suburban context, very different um, in a lot of ways than an urban context for ministry. So I, I wanted to ask just a little bit about an urban context of ministry. What are some of the joys? What are some of the challenges that go along with that? And and maybe it's two different stories. I mean, urban's not urban. Uh, you're describing two different kind of experiences. So however you want to take that, but I, however you'd like to answer, but I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the joys, some of the challenges of, of urban ministry. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a great question. I think first of all, and this is just the way I'm wired, um, I love big opportunities. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just wired for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to um, see God do um, big things. Yeah. And I, I know we're not all wired that way. Um, and I know God works in small, still, progressive ways, but he also works in, in powerful, dynamic, immediate, sure. kind of mountaintop kind of ways. Yeah. And, and I just think my, my heart, my heart prayer has been, oh God, here is the fifth largest city yeah. in the U.S., the, the, the number one, um, the, the highest population density in Philadelphia, I mean, in the United States. Is that right? Oh, yeah. For example, um, I live, the neighborhood I grew up in was called Junietta Park, and the neighborhood I lived in was only one square mile. Hmm. 36,000 people. Wow. Wow. 36,000 people on one square yeah, mile. That, that's dense. So it's very, very dense. But that's just, that's really the city as a whole. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of people crammed in a, in a small space. Mm. And interestingly enough, part of the personality of the city kind of matches that. We're yeah. a little claustrophobic. <laughs> we're discontent. We're yeah. edgy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're always looking for the next thing. We want the next championship. We want oh, the, boy. we Here want we the, <laughs> I, I knew it would come up at some point. Yeah. The, I mean, the, we're, we're a little, we're, we get wrangled really easily. You do. Yeah. Um, you fulfill the Philly, the, except that you're nice, you're godly. But other than that, you fulfill the Philly stereotype. Big, 
loud, full of life. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so part of it, like, this is getting to the city thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I promise. So when I was converted, I was an angry, edgy kid. Mm. We were, a, we were a family of brawlers. We were yeah. fighters. People feared our family because yeah. I was like, if you mess with one McConnell, you mess yeah, yeah. with them all. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was kind of, and we kind of took pride in that. Yeah. But, when, but Craig, when, when God saved me, mm. he, he like extracted that edge almost immediately. Hmm. Like I went from being like this angsty, angry word that I won't say on a Christian sure. podcast sure. <laughs> um, to, to, to being like this, this joyful, wow. happy man. Isn't God amazing? I, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not, old enough to be a hippie, yeah. but like people say, Ian, you're like a hippie for Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, right. I think there was a, there was a time <laughs> yeah. when there were a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like a, a an untimely like, convert, of you know, the Jesus movement, of yeah. the Jesus movement. And so for me, it was like, oh man, how, what an opportunity to see a bunch of angry, hmm. angsty, discontent people become amazed and overwhelmed by the love of the father expressed through the son of God who, who lifts our greatest burden mm. and satisfies our deepest longings. Mm. And I just wanted more and more people to experience that through the gospel. And so our city has, that's millions of people like that. Mm. Millions of people like that. Um, and so I just saw the neighborhood church um, as an opportunity to kind of set up an outpost of the kingdom um, that could reach out into the, the cracks and crevices of all that darkness and ick and discontentment and sadness and sin and just be a, a constant ray of gospel light. Um, mm, and so that's, that's, cool. so that's, that's why I like to be there. That's the joy of it, yeah. the, the potentials. And to be honest, since 2005, we've seen God do some amazing yeah. things. I mean, we've seen... Um, We've seen a number of churches planted, a number of people converted, a number of God magnifying pool parties. That's what we call baptisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been it's been a, an amazing seventeen years. That's mm. awesome. So that is the joy. Yeah. Um, the harvest is plentiful. The labors are are few. few yeah. And so to be there in a plentiful harvest. And to do the work that Christ has called us to do, to reap what he secured through his life, death, and resurrection has been an amazing joy and mm. continues to be an amazing joy. Um, as far as the challenges, um, people are hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hard, right? Yeah. Um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've seen that the great commandment is the pathway to the great commission. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you love people. Yeah as an end in of itself, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we obey the great commandment. We love people. And, and as we love people, opportunities to not just show Jesus through our love, but to talk about Jesus and share the gospel through, through our proclamation has been, is what we feel responsible yeah. for. But that's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, because of the, some of the city dynamics, uh, I kind of gave a little bit about the personality of our city is that people are very suspicious. Mm. Um, people are judging your your genuineness. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you when you're in a rough around the edge of city, mm-hmm. people fending for themselves, where you have this edge. If you come and you show love, yeah. all right, what do you what want? Do you want? Right. Yeah. Cynical. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. You know, and so and that's not just like I know churches as a whole typically. Um, wherever they are, have the tendency to be judged for being kind, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, church is something really, you know, boisterous and loving for the community. Like, all right, you just want to get us in the church right. and you just want us to give. Right. You know, I get that. But on an individual basis, um, we see that a lot in the city too. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so why are you being nice to me? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you being nice to me? Um, I actually, the guy that I was sharing the gospel with way back in the day, his name was Eric. And uh, he came from a very similar background as mine. And I was uh, really trying to represent Jesus to him. He came out to church a couple times because his mom was a believer. And uh, he just, he didn't think we were real. He's just like, okay, they're, they're putting this on. For Sunday. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then we, a bunch, I played, uh, I play, I come from a big football family. Right. Played a lot of football. And so we played um, rough touch men's football in the neighborhood where we have guys from the church, guys from the neighborhood. And it'd be a great opportunity to yeah. build relationships with our neighbors, especially those kind of guys. Well, I invited Eric to come out to uh, um, play football with us. So we played one game of football. We're in the parking lot getting ready to leave the field. And he goes, 
you guys are the real deal. Wow. Hmm. He goes, I've never seen a bunch of guys play high-level competitive football like this and actually not seriously want to rip each other's heads off. Wow. <laughs> you guys really do mean it when you say you're brothers. Oh, that's great. And, and you're out there encouraging people, you know, on the football field, congratulating them and not just jeering. Yeah. He goes, there's something different about you guys. And so it was pretty soon after that, you know, that Eric was made a profession of faith and I got to baptize oh, him. Uh-oh. And he, at, at his baptism, his baptism story was... I think playing football with Christians brought me to Jesus. (laughs) So it takes time, right? So like people are genuinely suspicious of your love, suspicious of your intentions. So that's hard. Yeah, It's hard. And we've had stories, you know, stories where you kind of walk a a couple miles with a person down a path of love and mercy. And then they just, they just take off on you Um, and they, they peace out. Yeah. So that's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the things I've learned from you over the years, Ian, and really respected about you is uh, sort of the way you do live your life with a focus on uh, representing Christ, building the kingdom, gospel intentionality. What, what are some of the things, and I think you just are sharing some right now, but what are some of the kind of practices, things you found helpful in your context to communicate uh, the love of God uh, to people. Obviously, you just gave a story about incorporating a guy into regular life, playing football, sure, n- sure. a non, uh, all of life sacred. You, you, we believe that, but other people view, you know, he may view it as that's not a sacred, uh, holy thing. That's not a church thing. That's a regular life thing. And yet you guys are walking out your faith in regular life. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably a great example. Would, be the, would there be other things that in your context or generally you find that have been helpful in terms of um, living a life of, of mission where the Lord's placed you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, like most churches, regardless of the context, you know, we're always thinking and praying as a whole congregation. What can we do as an entire church to express the love of God through Christ Jesus to our community as a whole? And so, you know, like you, like others, you know, we're thinking like, you know, what kind of events can we do? What kind of paths Mm -hmm. of mercy can we kind of like pave out before us so we can Mm. walk out in love with our, with our community and just make loud communal statements about the gospel. But what we found to be the most um, fruitful is just, we live again in the city, very busy lives. People, you know, are always coming and going. Mm -hmm. Um, Programs, events, regularly scheduled moments, aren't always well attended or as fruitful in our context. So what we've really, what we've really seen um, bear a lot of fruit is just, we, we have a a culture of good neighboring, you know, Mm -hmm. love your neighbors, believe that God has placed you around people on purpose. Mm. You live where you live, you work where you work, you go to school where you go to school, you you do life where you do life, mm-hmm. not by accident, mm-hmm. but because Jesus has sent you there. Mm-hmm. And so embracing our identity as sent ones, right. as disciple-making disciples, has kind of been... I think part of the culture of our church life together that has yielded the most fruit as far as evangelism is concerned, disciple making is concerned. So So like you work, you work nine to five in that place around those people, not just to bring home a paycheck. Right. Um, You're there for two reasons. Number one, there's a, there's an important cultural, um, there's an important cultural contribution you're making to the development of God's world in that place. Mm -hmm. That's significant. You're offering a service, you're developing a resource, you're, you're, you're doing something that matters in God's world. So that's sacred, but there are people there that desperately need to know that the father so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so I think that raising that awareness because we, we do what we do because we believe we are who we are. So mm-hmm. the more that we, we emphasize our identity as sent ones, our identity as disciple-making disciples, we've seen that translate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been one of the ways that we've um, sought to mobilize our church for mission. Yeah. The other one is just really um, seeing the significance of ordinary hospitality. Uh, um, yeah. You know, seeing that our homes um, are not... Um, our homes are not necessarily places to escape mm-hmm. others, but our homes are places to bring in others. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's definitely a place for our homes to be a refuge for sure. our families. Yeah. Um, but as I as I watch Jesus, especially in the Gospel of Luke, it's amazing. I, I would encourage you, your church, to spend yeah. some time in the Gospel of Luke and just watch how Jesus did most of his mission in the Gospel of Luke around tables. Mm. That's good. 
Um, so he's constantly going into people's homes, sitting around tables, and some of the most amazing kingdom moments happen in the Gospel of Luke around the table. And I've yeah. often joked, we got this picture of this really skinny, emaciated Jesus. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, Jesus <laughs> seems eating. to always be eating yeah, in the Gospel of Luke. That's good. <laughs> Very good. You know, and even, and I think, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's coincidence that at the end of the Gospel of Luke, so he's like, again, he's sitting at, I mean, just think about some of the most poignant moments in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. He's sitting at a table with a bunch of really needy people. Hmm. You know, Mary comes in and she's, you know, wiping his feet with her hair and her tears. And, you know, there's this phenomenal moment around the gospel, around the table where someone's life has been touched and transformed by the presence of Christ and everyone else is just wa- is just watching and taking it in. Now, some with skepticism, some with genuine questions, but it's it's happening around the table. Zacchaeus, where's Zacchaeus converted? Zacchaeus yeah. comes down and goes into Zacchaeus' home. Jesus sits down at a table with him mm-hmm. and he challenges him to, to, to live a life of repentance around mm. the table. And then again, it's interesting, you know, the, the I think that the pre-Great Commission, yeah. Um, happens around the table at the institution of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. You know, do this in remembrance of me. Um, you are invited to the table of the Father through the new covenant of my mm-hmm. blood. And um, so I think the table plays a significant role in the Gospel of Luke. I would say the table is a, is a powerful symbol in the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so what a what an opportunity we have, what a resource we have with our dining room table to, to bring people to our homes, to experience, to offer ordinary hospitality, with gospel intentionality, yeah. um, I think is uh, is one way that we've really encouraged mm. our church to uh, be on, on on mission with the gospel. It's really good. I I was thinking. I mean, <clears throat> it sounds like you've really keyed in on just the the kingdom mission there in the city for your church and uh, for the people in your church. Um, and I know one of the challenges I'm sure you face in some way, I mean, for us in, in Frisco, Texas, um, it's such a city that's all about status. Um, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people here. There's a lot of, um, you know, putting on the show, being a certain way. Uh, I mean, you can drive down the street and there's very nice houses and um, very well to do and big businesses and all that stuff. And so one of the challenges um, that I think that we probably face here is just kind of being lulled into chasing kind of that American dream, yeah. you know, versus, uh, you know, I have a mission already. I'm not supposed to be here adopting my neighbor's mission. I'm supposed to be inviting them into, you know, into the kingdom of God. And so I wonder, like, do you guys face that same kind of challenge, uh, maybe in a different, you know, different city, different dynamics and whatnot. But, you know, what are some of the challenges you faced as you're trying to, to help, uh, you know, the people in your church to really just key in on that mission and not get distracted by the kind of cultural distractions, cultural temptations, those sorts of things. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal question. Yeah, sure and, and just want to encourage you, you know, just the way that you're talking about your city and your culture just really demonstrates that you have um, a really good beat on what's going on in the hearts and lives of people around you. And I think that's, I uh, just want to encourage you, it's something God will really use to help you bring the gospel with cultural intentionality. Oh, and thanks, so I just man. want to encourage you with that. That's it's encouraging to hear you talk that way. Yeah, I think every culture has its idols. Yeah. Um, every culture has um, its tendencies to um, provide the mirage of being okay to live a life apart from God. Mm. Um, for example, I mean, it's it, even in poor communities, it's um, survival becomes God. I can survive. Mm. I can make it. I'll get what I need. I'll do what I have to do. And so even in like the poorest communities, you would be amazed that the same, the same cultural idols are there at the surface, you know, that I can live my life apart from God. Yeah. I can be satisfied apart from Christ. I can make life work on my own. And so I think um, where we have the opportunity to, to, to really bring the gospel, I think, with, um, with, with, with um, contextualization is to, okay, what are the particular cultural idols that I am um, surrounded by? And so how, how does the gospel speak to those in its multidimensional glory, right? Mm-hmm. So the gospel is, is multidimensional, right? So it's got all these different facets to it. So it's all based on the significance of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, within the accomplishments of the gospel of Jesus, you have reconciliation, you have justification, you have redemption, 
ocean. So people who are in cultures where there's a lot of enslavement to life dominating sins, really focusing on bringing the gospel nuance of redemption, oh, I think is is, 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 wise. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, satisfaction of Christ, you know, that we were made for fellowship within the triune mm. Godhead. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you have a big house, you think you have a big paycheck, you feel like you're self-sufficient, but deep down inside, you feel like you're missing something. Mm -hmm. And if you keep trying to fill that void with a bigger house and a bigger job that comes through harder work and mm -hmm. the next promotion, mm -hmm. you're going to find your exact, you'll be exactly where you were before all that happened. Mm -hmm. Discontent, lacking. Yeah. And so yeah. bringing the, the fulfillment of fellowship with God, the satisfaction of knowing Christ. So I think it's the way that we bring the gospel. It, again, it's always, I don't want to give the idea that we're bringing a different gospel. I know. Right. Uh, right. But, but it's, it's always the significance of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but what that gospel, um, the benefits of that gospel, um, I think will speak to cultural idols in particular ways. Good. You know, I mean, I think the, the story of the prodigal son is a good example. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have these two sons and the one son, he, he needed to know um, that in his, in his depravity and in his lostness that the father still wanted him. Yeah. You know, I think. And so the way the father presents himself in mercy to the to the younger son is a lot different than the way in mercy he presented himself to his older son who was self-righteous. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same father, it's the same mercy, but the way he talks to either son yeah. to bring that mercy to bear into their lives and their lostness, I think was uh, was unique and strategic and contextualized. And so I think that's yeah. what we got to do. That's really yeah, good. That's man. great. That's good. Hey, Ian, real quickly on this one, I'm going to transition here a bit uh, as we're kind of coming into the home stretch a tad. But uh, let me ask you this. We're having you in this weekend tonight. We'll have a, uh, I'm going to interview you and we'll have a, a, a uh, kind of a family meeting with our church to ask a little bit about uh, Trinity Fellowship Churches. But uh, tell us who, who is Trinity Fellowship Churches? How would you say that briefly? And, and how's, the, how's it going since, uh, since coming together and beginning? Yeah, um, Trinity Fellowship Churches is an ecclesiastical union of confessional, connectional, and missional churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's committed to maturing and multiplying disciples with the gospel for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I know you have this value. Sure. Um, we believe that in order for the church to be the church mm -hmm. and for the church to do what the church is called to do, um, we need one another. Yeah. Churches need churches, mm -hmm. congregations need congregations, leaders need leaders, mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. And so in order for the church to do what Christ has called us to do until he returns, we believe it's a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. And so Trinity Fellowship Churches is, um, is an opportunity to provide a context mm -hmm. for like-minded churches um, to be able to do what the church is called to do together. Yeah. Um, and so we are, we have an optimism uh -huh. um, that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. We believe that there's lots of lost spaces out there that need mm -hmm. to be penetrated with the light of the gospel. And we believe it takes healthy churches working together to reach those dark and needy places mm -hmm. um, here in the U.S. and abroad. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, so Trinity Fellowship Churches, um, we are obviously a new yeah. denomination, right. we're, and so we're, we're working on these pieces. Yeah. Um, you know, we say that we're confessional, and we say that we are connectional, uh -huh. and we say that we're missional, and those three words are really, yeah. really um, meaningful and intentional. Mm -hmm. Confessional, you know, we, we, we have some theological convictions that we mm -hmm. want to be expressed in a confession of faith that, that accurately reflects who we are. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're excited to be working and developing that. Um, right. We're connectional, meaning that we believe that um, churches need to enter into meaningful, accountable relationships with one another um, so that congregations can be healthy and protected yeah. and so that elderships can be healthy and protected. Yeah. Um, and we wanna we, we wanna be missional, meaning we, we just we believe that the, the mission of God um, compels us to join him mm -hmm. um, to see more and more people come to faith in Jesus and be mm -hmm. brought into community together, the mm -hmm. local church. And we just want to do that together. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. that's this is nothing uh, I think you know there there are lots of networks, yeah. there are lots of groups of 
Christian churches that are seeking to do this thing together. But yeah. I think what one of the unique, I think, elements of Trinity Fellowship churches is that we believe not just in networks, but in denominations, mm-hmm. meaning we think churches need to um, have a substantial connection to one another mm-hmm. um, where they partner together and they, they have a level of accountability with one another and through a book of church order yeah. and, and through a common confession of faith and that those things are actually held together and we, we hold each other to them yeah. um, for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a there's a safety and a protection for the long term in something like that. It's not it's not merely a missional partnership that you're describing. It's, uh, it's one that um, by seeking to work together seeks to Preserve fidelity, doctrinal fidelity, and and uh, fidelity of, of life among leaders as well. Uh, so there's there's something that that allows you to build. It seems to me like more for a, a long haul approach of partnership. Yeah, I mean, if we, I think anyone who believes in the importance of interconnectivity, um, whether it be those who establish a loose knit sure. network or a, uh, a full-out denomination with Book of Church order yeah. and a church government structure, Re- regardless of what that looks like in the, in the, in the cracks and crevices, um, it's all based, all of it's typically based on our understanding of Acts 15, yeah. that you know, when, the, when Jesus gives the Great Commission and fills the, fills the apostles in the early church with yeah. the Holy Spirit, they go and begin to advance the gospel, and people are converted, and churches are established, and how are... How are these churches supposed to relate to one another? Yeah. How are these leaders supposed to relate to one another? When we deal with difficult stuff, what's mm-hmm. our recourse? And so in Acts 15, you see the church coming together. Mm-hmm. All these Gentiles are starting to be converted. Yeah. Can I say this? Do they get to keep their foreskins or not? Yeah, right? right. I mean, that was the, that <laughs> that was was the, the issue. Yeah, and if you're a Gentile convert, yeah. you want them to be talking about yeah, this. Yeah, okay. A question. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important yes. conversation. They may answer whether we uh, join or not. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so what, what happens? They, they come together and they discuss how this, how this reflects on the purity of the gospel, yeah. so there's a doctrinal issue, yeah. how this works on our, on our missional integrity, how we continue to work together to advance the gospel to the yeah. ends of the earth. And so here they are coming together, leaders, members of churches, and they have significant conversations that are based on significant relationships that are all based on a theological reality. What we're doing is truly on a theological and functional level connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's why... Yeah, that's great. We believe in interconnectivity. That's great. Well, we'll talk more about that at the, by, by the time this is out. Uh, we will have already talked about it, but we'll talk more about that. Uh, I just wanted to have you sort of tease it and give us a little uh, a little uh, taste of what we're going to talk about tonight. So thanks. And I'll, for, I'll say this. I know we're trying to bring this to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell in your eyebrows that you're like, <laughs> no, no, can you take, see? Take can you see? Fast forward. Can you see the, he wants me to go another <laughs> and 20 then years. I was 19. I'm sure. Our, well, my favorite movie was Footloose. <laughs> Dude, Kevin Bacon was from Philadelphia. Kevin Bacon and oh, I went no. to the same high school. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, you, you ever hear the six degrees of yeah, Kevin, Kevin Bacon? Bacon? You're oh, like yeah. one degree. Yes. Wow. Now you are even more because you know me. So we're yeah, two degrees. Amazing. If you're, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that works. I, I've always wanted to be close to Kevin Bacon, and I'm feeling that in this moment. Oh, yeah, there is a closeness. Yeah, it's like, and he's a singer. People don't know that. A lot of people don't know that, right? He and his brother are singers, right? They got a band. Are they? Yeah, the, like the Bacon brother. Yeah, they're like a, people. See, you, you guys don't even know this. Well, I mean, if you have the name Bacon, I feel like you'll be successful at anything you do. Yeah, well, that's so, true. <laughs> Absolutely, you've got just like I want to sing. So if I'm I just was Kevin, sing. my first son would have been named Bacon Bacon. Oh, that nice. would have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been good. Yeah. Or crisp, crispy. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, but you said footloose. So you did. You yeah, sent me yeah, on yeah, a rabbit okay. trail. What I was going to say was <laughs> one of the reasons, Craig. Seriously, is that um, one of the main reasons why I'm, I'm really looking forward to being here this weekend yeah. and having this conversation about TFC and yeah, ministry yeah. and stretches because of your friendship. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I am, I've been so, I've been so glad. I mean, I use that word intentionally, glad mm. to be able to, to make much of Jesus alongside of you. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your, your strong leadership and your wisdom and your, um, you have an ability to to take the truth of the gospel and to apply it to the cracks and crevices of mm. church life, I think, in a very pronounced way. And I've been so fortunate to not just receive that from a distance, but side by side in many leadership yeah. contexts. So I'm really grateful to be here. 
Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. I, I wanted to, folks to hear your story because I've been uh, equally uh, affected by you and your example to me. And and that's one of the things that uh, it's hard to put into a, well, it's impossible to put into a book of church order. It has, it has to be reflected in real life, lives sure. joined together, kind of the relational dynamic that takes place that I know that's a part of what you guys are doing in TFC that, that is important to us, um, not just to sign up and have our, you know, our church's name registered uh, in some kind of uh, headquarters role, you know, yeah, but, sure. but to have meaningful relationships. And so we have that, uh, our team has that with you. We love you, love hanging out with you. And, and I personally have really valued your friendship as well. So it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's mutual. Hey, let me ask you something on the way out. When we have special guests, this is the this is only like the second. No, we've had some guests before. We've had, guess, yeah, we've, we've had, had a few. few. Yeah, yeah. All right, you get to ask what yeah, you're yeah. going to ask. Yeah. And then I've got yeah, I've got to be obnoxious at some point. Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. You've been patient. Yeah, I, I understand that you come, you run this thing. I mean, you're the podcast guru here. He yeah, I'm just trying to take a step back. So you're and just and letting just... him run the run the roost here. You've been patient. <laughs> Jared is the producer. That he he brings all the talent. Anybody that comes on, he's the talent recruiter. He is wow. uh, the director. Wow. He is the. MC, the master of ceremonies or whatever, not like a DJ, not like a music MC, but like <laughs> he, he's the podcast daddy. He wow. is the podcast is, daddy. That's what he is. This pod, is too much, daddy. guys. Pod this daddy. Is, no, just, oh, wow. Instead of P. Diddy, it's P. Daddy. There you that go. Works. I like that. That's yeah, nice. That's different. Okay, a couple, of, we're going to ask you a couple <laughs> questions on the way out, and Jared's going to close. He's got questions too, but uh, I wanted to ask anything you're reading rec- recently that's stirring you? Anything, any recommendations or. Yeah, I actually just found out at dinner last night in conversation with you, Craig, that I think both of us have been yeah. recently affected by uh, by the same volume, and um, I'm not finished it yet. I'm yeah. actually, in 2020, I've decided that rather than reading for volume, I'm reading for um, for effect. Oh, and so I'm, I'm working pretty slowly through a handful of books right now. Um, but the one that's really rocking my soul in, in all the all the best ways is On the Road with St. Augustine mm-hmm. um, by James K.A. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here's, here's the reason why I am being served greatly by this volume and would encourage others to read it is that I think, you know, one of the, one of the ways in which Augustine, especially with his confessions, um, benefits the church is that he leads us to um, consider the importance of understanding ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the more deeply we understand ourselves, why we do what we do, um, what kind of lays beneath the, lies beneath the surface of how our heart operates, um, that's not an end in of itself. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is not an end mm-hmm. of itself. The more deeply I understand myself, the more deeply I am positioning myself to have Christ minister to my deepest mm. self. Mm. You know, so where I struggle with my motives, where I struggle with, like, why do I really want what I want? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that keeps coming up in this book. What do you really want when mm-hmm. you want ambition? Absolutely. What do you really want when you want the transition? Mm-hmm. What do you really want what you when you want? I mean, it's just... It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But it's not just leaving you there. Like, it's not just a self-help, self-awareness, yeah. obviously. I mean, it's obviously... In every at every turn, it's okay. Understand yourself more deeply, so you can understand how Christ ministers to you more deeply, mm-hmm. redeeming, reforming, transforming you at the deepest level, so you can be a clear reflection of the glory. So I highly recommend this yeah. book. I actually was having breakfast with Rachel this morning, and I said she has a tendency to steal books from me before yeah, I yeah, finish yeah. them. <laughs> She's a voracious reader, yeah. um, and so I'm like, you can have this one when I'm completely yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, And I'm going through it slow, so I can't promise you it'll be anytime soon. Oh, that's great. It's been, it's been great. So yeah, I highly yeah, recommend that volume. Yeah. That's great. What about, <clears throat> what is an app you're using that uh, you recommend to us? Any apps on your, your- Oh, this is this is easy, easy, hands down. Best app I've ever purchased, wow. best app I ever used, hands down. Okay. The Dwell Bible Audio app. Wow. The Dwell Bible Audio app. And okay. here's, here's the best way for me to explain what the Dwell Bible Audio app is. Dwell is the Spotify for Bible listening. Oh. Um, and so they've curated these playlists so that you can listen to Scripture thematically. They've oh. curated these playlists so that you can read, listen through books of the Bible um, on like a 30-day, a 5-day level. It's got some of the stuff I like. I'm kind of more of a liturgical are you, guy. Are you downloading it right now, Jerry? I'm at least looking it up. Wow, I love that. Yeah, um, I, 
I'm I'm a little bit more of a liturgical guy, yeah. so I you, you there's so many um, opportunities, um, so many different types of playlists, and so they have on there um, the um, the Book of Common Prayer oh, and wow. the daily lectionary really? readings. Oh, that's um, wow. So I love it, and so it, it provides different versions of the Bible. ESV yeah. is their is their go to, but it also has like different like sound beds behind the the audio. Like wow. so, like it's more like there's some more ethereal music, some guitar, wow. some piano. You can pick whatever kind of music you want wow. behind it, and then you can actually pick your voices. Wow! I mean, there's like a your, your normal white dude reading yeah, yeah. it, and you got this guy Felix, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's like his voice is like you know kind of more of a tribal African voice, and wow. you got Ro- Rosie, who's from the UK. It's just a, it's a phenomenal app. That's great. So I actually um, got the app when it was in beta version. And now it's like full, like there are lots of people recommending this. And so you can get like a, you can get a non-subscription version of it. But then there's also a subscription version. You can pay like a one-time have it for a lifetime Uh or you can pay for it annually. Um, We actually are so... I am so for how listening to the Bible on audio accompanies the normal reading of scripture as far as like just good, heavy volume of scripture intake is that we actually bought a subscription of the Joel app for all of our church members for Christmas this year. Oh, wow. Um, and this is what we gave away as a Christmas gift That's to our awesome. church. Yeah, so I wanted to put my money where my mouth was. It's yeah. like we, we kept saying that we, we are so for this. It helps wow. you. You know, you're podcasting all the time. I mean, sure. listen to the book of Hebrews on your way to work. Yeah. That's good. You know, um, Advent reading list for Christmas time, you know, Easter playlist during Holy Week. It's just really, really good. Yeah, I that's awesome. That's cool. Like, yeah. have, like curated scripture. Yeah, yeah it is. And that's then awesome. you can also, and also just read through, you know, you can go to the library and just go through books of the Bible. Sure. Um, but like, if you want like a, it's good for systematic theology too. Yeah, like, sure. so what does the Bible say everywhere about? Um, peace yeah. or about um, the presence of God. And yeah, there'll be a, there'll, there's a playlist for the presence of God and it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Wow. Couldn't recommend you, it. Man, that's a great you, recommendation. You came alive on that one like almost like Philly. I'm mean, oh, yeah, like dude. talking about your city, man. That's a phenomenal. It's great. You know, awesome, it's been man. encouraging. Just a little, little anecdote here is that, you know, we we gave it away um, to the church and so we gave a link that you had to grab onto and um, I, I never, I didn't even like push this on my kids. And like, so the last couple mornings I come downstairs, we have a big three, a three story, like high home in the city. So mm-hmm. like, we don't go wide in the city. You we go, go up. up yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, Rachel and I are all the way up in the third floor. Yeah. So I'm coming down after having some, spent some time with the Lord in the morning. And here are my sons, like with their phones up to their ears. Oh. And I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to be on your phone this early. <laughs> and then I listen a little closely and they're listening to the Bible. Oh, the that's great. It's like, oh, this is so encouraging. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, great. man. Get it in there. The, the cool. Dwell app. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Want the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yeah. And so, love yeah, it. love yeah, it. That's it's awesome. good. Good stuff, guys. That's awesome. Thanks man. for asking. When, yeah. I, when, when I knew you were going to ask me that question, I was yeah. like, oh, I can't wait I to can't plug wait to the Dwell app. We find out later he's a paid, you know. Yeah, exactly. Was I supposed to disclose that? Yeah. He's a spokesman. Yeah, for the record, I am not. No, yeah, I'm not paid for uh, this recommendation. Awesome, okay, okay. Now it's my turn. Yeah, go for it. To ask really worthless questions. <laughs> okay, the first question, and I've asked these to various people at various times. You lost a. Don't worry about it. No, no. There you go. There you go, brother. Okay. So first, if you could have. Any dessert in the world, it could be ice cream, cake, pie, whatever it is, any dessert. Like, I come to you and I say, dude, I really want a good dessert. What should I get? I, I have access to anything that you can come up wow. with. What do you recommend? You're probably going to be underwhelmed by my answer. Now, yeah, I'm, sure I'm a bit of a foodie. You, but just I'm a everyone. bit of a foodie, but dude, I love pineapple upside down cake. Oh, Dude, wow. yeah, good yeah, for you, sure. man. That's good, yeah. Made in a skillet on oh. the stovetop. No okay. way. Oh, yeah, you get the... You Does get it the, get crispy? You get the caramelized crispy edges oh, from the brown sugar oh, yeah. and the pineapple, and it's just... Dude, this is not underwhelming. Okay, this is, okay. That's good. This is oh, I'm good. a big pineapple upside down that's cake. Good. And if you just throw in that a scoop of, like, all-natural vanilla bean, yeah. not like homemade vanilla, not sure. like vanilla, like, dessert, it, like homemade, all-natural <laughs> vanilla bean ice cream. Dude. Oh, dude, yeah. That sounds good. That's good, yeah. man. That was okay. a good answer. When you say underwhelming, I'm thinking like, okay, he's going to say like, uh, you know, a vanilla ice a cream cone or something. Bar or a something. Snickers bar. A Snickers bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be underwhelming. Okay, here's the next question. <laughs> 
if you could, okay, I, I'm going to give you a uh, hypothetical assignment on April 15th. It's tax day, but let's ignore tax day on April 15th. You <laughs> will have to live the entire day as an animal, but you can choose that animal. What animal do you live? Oh my goodness. A day. Oh dude, as? absolutely. A sea otter. Hands down. <laughs> oh, really? Dude, dude really? listen man. One day. Yeah. In the pool. Yeah. Flying on that sliding board. Oh, dude, that's a good. Oh, dude, man. So you're saying a sea otter like in the zoo? Uh, oh yeah, dude. So like Philadelphia okay. Zoo, one of the biggest zoos okay. in the U.S. Right. Like that's my fine. favorite exhibit, hands down, from childhood to this day, would be the sea otter. Really? Exhibit. Oh yeah, man. Those guys have a blast. Dude, they, that's they awesome. love life. Yeah, they do, and they make everybody. I mean, they have a good time, and they make everybody else laugh. Have you ever been to like Sea World or anything like yeah. that? Uh, I have seen videos of oh, Sea World. Yeah, I've seen a documentary. Dude, yeah. they, <laughs> here's what happens: they do silly things, and they get a fish. Yeah, you know, so you do. You make people laugh. You get more food. That's oh. just enough. That's a great life. Wow. So for a day, feels a lot like the life day. I lead. You know, for a day. <laughs> <laughs> so for a day, yeah, it's just a day. Yeah. Now I think I'd probably think a little bit more deeply sure, if sure. it was like, hey, for like a week, a week, maybe that yeah. would be more substantial time. Yeah, but a day, yeah. a day's a sea. That's interesting. I should have, I should have said like in the wild too, because okay. I feel like that would change it too, probably. I right? think so too. Yeah, because you don't. I, want, got, I got an answer you, to that. You, you want, want to meet that? Free Willy? You want, yeah. What's yeah, up? You want the, oh, dude, I'm totally a bald eagle. Really? Oh, absolutely. For multiple reasons. Okay. What the are most those majestic reasons? of the air creatures. Mm. I mean, have you ever seen a bald eagle close up? Yeah. Oh, man, they're just, they're big. They they're, are they're big, big yeah. presence. Yep. Everybody's in all of them. Yeah. And, and they're the mascot for the best football team oh, in the, in the NFL. Wow. The Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Who, who won the Super Bowl wow. in 2017. This is not what I intended yeah. us um, And then, then check this out. He's really they, high. They we, have we won. And he's still going. We won the NFC East this, this last year. Yeah. This last year over, who, who was it that we were in the running with? Uh, you know, there's nothing it? to brag about winning the NFC the, East. The, 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 the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. Oh. It's amazing uh, how, uh, you know, I yeah, asked one question. It's like an eagle. It's just turned. Yeah, he just really hijacked the dark that. side. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that, Craig. Now, this is something you might not know about Craig is he he would be, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't give him an opportunity to talk about Star Wars on our podcast because he's such a huge fan. Are no, you a fan I, of Star I Wars? I don't like it at all. Bro. Did you see the new one? Uh, absolutely. Did okay. you love it? Okay. I loved it because I love yes. all things Star Wars. Just yes. give me more yes. Star Wars. Yes. I, 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 it's not like, hey, I mean, ah. there's a lack of purity in the storyline. They should have. No, no, be quiet. If oh, you could, if you so could write science fiction, sure. you'd be writing science fiction. Yes. So let, let me ask you this. Do you agree with the statement that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this question with this. Every time you come to a new Star Wars movie, Inevitably, before you get to see it, you will see all the reviews from hardcore Star Wars fans saying they ruined the movie, they ruined the story, they blah, 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 blah. Is it not true that Star Wars fans are the whiniest people on the planet? It, it feels that way because yeah. I feel like I'm ready to go in and be disappointed. Like, Craig, like you loved it, right? You you were not I disappointed. <laughs> he, I, I should have told you this. Here's how <laughs> here's how big. Of a Star Wars family, we are. Oh my God. Okay. This is getting we, good. We Craig. have, listen we, up. We have two giant schnauzers. Uh huh. When I say giant, like the male is 100 pounds wow. and the female is 85 pounds. All right. So their names are Vader and Padme. Oh. Okay. This and, is, and we bred them. This is like water to my soul. We bred them. And so, you know, when you, when you have a litter of dogs, you know, while you're preparing them to go to their new forever families, mm -hmm. you give them names. Ah, what did you send them off with? Oh, so, <laughs> so we had Luke and we had Leia <laughs> and we had Lando so and we had good. Han and of we had Chewie. Yes. We even had... Jar Jar. Oh, oh now that just, is precious. Just because of compassion, you know, yeah, like yeah. Jar Jar. Yeah, don't leave him out just because yeah. he's the worst. He is the worst, but, but at the same time. That was he, the low moment, huh? It, yeah. it was. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And um, 
because we sold those pups, mm. we, you know, had a little extra coin. Uh-huh. So we were able to uh, give our sons like the, the Lego gift of all gifts this Christmas. Did we you? The did Death you? Star. Oh, dude. Is it awesome? It is unbelievable. How long did it take to I put got together? pictures if you want to see Dude, that's so cool, yeah. man. So we're we, going to we, have to just We put the Death Star this together. Good. Why that's awesome. 4,117 4, 4, pieces. That's nuts, man. Okay, I just have to tell you, those words were like water to my soul in a dry and weary podcast room with a Craig who hates all things Star Wars. Hates too strong, but uh, disinterested. Indifferent, yeah. And mocking. Um, Man, thank you so much for sharing about Star Wars and (laughs) and like the other things we talked about too. Those things were good too, but thank you for that. What I love about you, Ian, is you are passionate about everything. (laughs) Everything registers, well, Jesus registers a 10, but everything else registers a 9. Yeah. If I like it. No, if you like it, but I like that because when you're asked about an app, you you got something you love, man. You're a grateful, joyful. We asked about a movie, you've got something you're all over, man. That's true. You inspire me to be more passionate about things. Yeah, you've got a book. This will change your life. Yeah, if you I ask me it. what apps I'm using, I'd just be like, I don't know, maps. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I listen to podcasts. So. Yeah, yeah. But well, I didn't yeah. know you would have an. I didn't know you'd have that good of an answer. Yeah, to, that was to the app excellent. question. Most people do have an app. That I really I use downloaded it. I'm, I'm going to start using you, it. This is great. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for your yeah, time. Thanks, Thank you. Yeah. It was so great to be here with you guys. Yeah, great this is great. I'm looking you. forward to our time together yeah. as a church family tonight. Yeah. And uh, man, I'm excited for tomorrow as you preach and and John four it is right. Yep. That's going to be a good time. Thank you so much for serving us this week. It's and, a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking your time. Craig, as always, thank you for taking the time Enjoy and for kind of steering the conversation today and fast-forwarding us. Enjoy uh, to be here. You know, uh, through, you know, what you deem our unimportant parts. No, of. no. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Ian's life. <laughs> our so friendship funny. is going to need an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so funny. Funny. You basically okay, said okay, decade, I, decades yeah, of my life that don't yeah, matter. I, I got it. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't really. Oh, man. That's so good. No, it was good. We spent time on your conversion. I love that. Oh, it's so good. Honestly, love that. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for uh, being here, guys. And thanks to our listeners for uh, for listening again. We will catch you guys another time. Thanks. Bye-bye.